Get a job, you bum. It's what everyone says to the homeless until they know someone affected by homelessness. Building bridges between the housed and the homeless. That's coming up on this week's Jaffe Podcast. You're listening to the Jaffe Podcast, brought to you weekly by Jaffe Communications. Homelessness is a social crisis that most would rather not think about. And that's why some homeless are confined to the invisible fringes of society, perpetuating a cycle that burdens our health care and justice systems to the tune of billions of dollars annually. Rich Uniac believes in a radically different solution, one that he's made his life's work as executive director of Bridges Outreach, a non-denominational ministry serving the homeless in New York, Newark, Irvington, and Summit. His team of activists and volunteers deliver supplies and meals to the homeless on the street before they land in a shelter, hospital, or jail. The model is so successful and so simple that in just 30 years, it's revolutionized homeless outreach in New Jersey, attracting more than 2,000 volunteers and delivering thousands of meals a year. Today, Rich is delivering insight and context to the Jaffe Podcast Studio, and we're very grateful indeed that he joined us to discuss his mission, a homeless shelter without walls. Rich, welcome to the Jaffe Podcast. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you. John. I, I really appreciate it. Yep. And uh, we're here, as always, with our trusty uh, general manager, uh, Josh Frank, who is known nice. for throwing in a pithy comment or two. Outstanding. Yep. I look forward to these yep. pithy comments. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Keeping and- us lively. <laughs> So anyway, um, so why don't we just, you know, for a baseline for the folks out there, tell us about Bridges Outreach. What is it? What does it do? How is it changing lives? Yeah, yeah. So Bridges Outreach is uh, is a really special organization that started 30 years ago with Jeff and Ginger Warden, who uh, really started this with uh, Christ Church in Summit, which mm-hmm. is the first base of operations. Mm-hmm. And they went out to New York City. So our origin story is literally under bridges like the Brooklyn Bridge in New York City, hence the name. Got it. And wanted to provide immediate aid, food initially, to people who are experiencing homelessness, which mm-hmm. is the way you'll hear me refer to it more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, so... As the origin story unfolds, he and his wife, Ginger, are walking around literally looking for where people who are unsheltered are sleeping. Mm-hmm. And he finds, they find, uh, a person sleeping in, in really what looks like garbage, newspapers and mm-hmm. such, mm-hmm. approaches one end and says, would you like a sandwich? Mm-hmm. And getting no reply, goes to the other end and says, would you like a sandwich? Mm-hmm. Then the first end says, yes, please. Mm-hmm. So he gives him a sandwich. They start talking a little bit. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, he thinks he spots another such pile and says, oh, I think I see another person over there. I'm going to go over there. And the, and the guy says to him, no, 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 that's a pile of garbage. And he has wow. this realization that only in America can you not easily differentiate between a human being and a pile of garbage. Wow. And that really for me, speaks to the way we think about homelessness today. And certainly we can talk more about that. But, you know, a few months ago, just before Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm driving around and I'm behind a car that's got a bumper sticker that says Pet Finder, Adopt a Homeless Pet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this light bulb went off in my head. Like, yeah, that's how we think about homeless pets. We should adopt them. Mm-hmm. That's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. But homeless humans, mm-hmm. it's their fault. 
right? We avoid them. We blame the homelessness on them. We call them the homeless, right. you know, and it's just a very different mindset. It's so stigma, a stigma. it definitely is a stigma. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so they evolved over the next 26 years to include lots of volunteers, you know, school groups, community groups, houses of worship, corporate groups as well. And now four times a week, twice in New York City still, once in Newark, once in Irvington, mm-hmm. we do a run. We call it a run, mm-hmm. capital R. Mm-hmm. And we go out, we set up tables, we provide cups of soup, mm-hmm. either lemonade or hot chocolate these days, depending on the weather outside. Mm-hmm. Lunches, these these sort of classic brown bag lunches mm-hmm. that either have a, a freshly made sandwich or a what we call sustainable, and in my food bank world, we would call shelf-stable mm-hmm. probably, right. component of chicken salad or tuna salad mm-hmm. with cracker and spoon. You right. know them yep. well. You, yep. your, your wife and kids have done mm-hmm. them. Yep. Um, and then also will include toiletry kits, clothing items, cold weather packs if appropriate, things like that. What's really interesting to me um, is that five years ago they started Project Connect. And this is really, this is Lois Bott. She was the executive director right before me. She mm-hmm. was there 14 years. Mm-hmm. And I know this was you know, a, a big culminating effort for her to establish a location initially at St. John's Soup Kitchen where, in, where Newark, in, in Newark, in Newark, um, where we could have a holistic approach to helping mm-hmm. people. Right. You know, so the runs become, you know, immediately in, in my perspective of Bridges as I was, you know, learning about it and interviewing for the role, the runs become a means to connect people into services mm-hmm. so that we can help them in a bigger, deeper way. And now, a little over a year ago, Project Connect has been in its new home, its own home in the ACNJ building at 35 Halsey Street, where we've got showers and medical offices and professional case managers. So today, Bridges is a really exciting place to be because of all of the work that has gone on for 30 years. And you know, certainly what I would say is is a, a new perspective on what it is we're here to do. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I, I just want to say that you're the ideal podcast interviewee because I don't have to ask any questions. <laughs> I just keep talking. I could just, you know, I could just say, and then, and, <laughs> and then. then. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, dude, where's my car? <laughs> no, um, anyway. Um, but I guess my, my first question really would be is that b- there's no other services other than Bridges that does this? Or I, I've heard, you know, the yeah. Salvation Army yeah. or whomever. Are you filling a void or are you, is this a space where others are also in? There are definitely a lot of others. I mean, mm-hmm. in Newark, it's it's pretty common. And, and when I was going to um, uh, school at Kane University for a while for my undergrad, mm-hmm. um, I heard of groups who would go down there with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. people like to go to Newark Penn and provide mm-hmm. assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other, you know, more formal entities like um, the Mental Health Association and NJCRI, Project Live, who, mm-hmm. who do outreach. Mm-hmm. What I would say is truly unique about Bridges is that, number one, in contrast with those other groups, we don't focus on a specific segment of the, quote, homeless mm-hmm. population, such as those with mental illness, right. those who are HIV positive, um, 
we conduct street outreach, and if you are experiencing homelessness or you are unsheltered and experiencing homelessness, because as I've learned, there's lots of variations to experiencing homelessness, um, including medical homelessness, which mm-hmm. is a really interesting thing for me right now. Right. Um, we will work to help you mm-hmm. unequivocally. We don't, you know, if we're out there on a run, we don't certainly make you prove that you're homeless. I mean, I, I come from that place of very low barriers coming from the food bank. If mm-hmm. you're coming to us for food, you Doesn't need matter. food. Doesn't no matter. questions asked. Right, right. I'm not going to make you prove it. Right. This is not a bureaucracy where we're going to create hoops for you to jump through. Exactly. So what we do is more of a system that is totally encompassing of anybody who's experiencing homelessness, regardless of their diagnosis or lack thereof and bring them into services that are aimed at eliminating their homelessness. Mm-hmm. And this is this has really become very comprehensive. Okay. So let me let me wrap my head around it. So yeah. you have so a typical run, say we'll we'll use Irvington for an sure. example. There's I guess certain hot spots in Irvington that you've identified where there's a larger concentration of, of homeless people. Yeah, and right? we go to the we go to the town square every time, oh, every Sunday morning. That, so yeah. and, and the people in the community know that you're going to be there. Yep. So, so so if you are having a, a, an interaction with somebody, you hand them a sandwich or you know hot chocolate or, or whatever, and then talk to us a little bit about what your follow up conversation is. I assume it's it's not just handing a sandwich. I think that there's a lot more about identifying need. Right. Yeah, well, so historically, mm-hmm. the run that handing that sandwich was the very definition of success. You know, and that's and that's not to say, yeah, yeah, and that's not to say that that is not a worthy or worthwhile activity. Certainly, Mm -hmm. these folks benefit from this and need this. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's really what I mean when I say, you know, a new perspective on what it is we're here to do. Um, It was always about, and you'd see it in our mission statement today: connecting the housed and homeless, bringing them together in community. it was establishing race, uh, relationships. It was establishing mm-hmm. neighborhood sort of community where regardless of our circumstances or the distance between us, you know, socioeconomically or physically, we are two human beings who mm-hmm. are now talking and getting to know each other. Right. Jeff, one of, the, one of the really amazing things that he told me when we first sat down, he and Ginger and I, probably on day two for me, was that he likened handing that sandwich to bringing a bottle of wine to your neighbor's house. You know, you are welcoming me into Mm -hmm. your home. We are the same. There Mm -hmm. are no barriers between us. Let's spend time together. So a lot of that consistent regular street outreach was around developing these relationships. Mm -hmm. Now we look at that very, very differently. So in Newark, for sure, we bring case managers on the runs. Mm -hmm. We know most of these people. We get them back to Project Connect, sometimes physically take them there. In Irvington, that's been a rather efficient expansion because it's still Essex County. Mm -hmm. Being in New Jersey, the counties are really (laughs) important. Mm -hmm. So we're able to bring case managers onto those runs Mm -hmm. and to start to to bring people in. So we've, we've gotten to a place where Coordinated assessment, which is a tool for looking at those who are most vulnerable in a population, is sort of imminently going to be going live in Essex County. And when that happens, we are going to be named one of three single points of entry for homelessness in the county, which makes us the only location in Newark. The other two will be in East Orange and Montclair. That's going to really change 
uh, our service numbers. I think they'll increase pretty significantly. Um, so we've been able to do that in Essex County when whenever we're going out. New York City, that does not happen. Mm-hmm. Summit, that does not happen. We didn't talk about that, but we open our doors in Summit at our offices every Friday for people who are in need, our neighbors in need. And that is surprising for Summit. It shocks pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly less so for, for me and for the community food bank world, given our origin story. Kathleen DiChiara is still a Summit resident. She mm-hmm. founded the community food bank mm-hmm. in Summit, mm-hmm. standing up in church, identifying that there were neighbors who were struggling with food insecurity. There are 10 or 12 people experiencing homelessness in Summit, in Summit. Wow. on any given day. We mm-hmm. know most of these people. Um they are typically kicked out of the train station on mm-hmm. cold nights at about 2 a.m. when mm-hmm. the last train comes in because mm-hmm. it has to close. Um, there's an incredible initiative going on right now started at uh, Calvary Church in Summit to provide ostensibly code blue sheltering mm-hmm. for these folks, but they haven't closed since they started it about a month ago. So mm-hmm. every single night they're providing shelter yeah, for five to winter, eight people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to get back and kind of just wrap my head around the, sure. the basic fundamentals of Bridges Outreach. Um, so Newark, Irvington, New York City, how many sandwiches a year would you say? Over 60,000. 60,000 sandwiches a year. And yeah. is it the people who are handing them out, are they you know, just local community groups, volunteers, uh, church groups, um, trade associations who provide donations. Exactly. You know, right? I mean, is or is is there more to it? And and if if it's just saying here have a sandwich, I think that's ninety percent there. I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean that's that's more probably than anything. But you know, I'm just trying to get an idea of like the roles and responsibilities of somebody who hands that sandwich. Right now, that is the only role and responsibility that they play, you mm-hmm. hand that out. Mm-hmm. We we walk the line with a tray of cups of soup, mm-hmm. and we hand them out to people. Mm-hmm. We do the same thing with lemonade or hot chocolate, mm-hmm. which may soon transition to coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really understood why it's hot chocolate. And I've had some, some folks lately yeah. say that the lactose in there is bothering them. <laughs> I'm like, why are we not giving them coffee? Um, and others would complain about the. Uh, they might, caffeine. they might, and maybe it's decaf. Maybe you I don't should know. do both. I, I, you know? Decaf is almost blasphemy to me, but nonetheless, yeah, uh, we'll do something, yeah. um, and we'll continually evolve. Right. Um, and the lunches, and the hygiene kits, and the clothing items, and that's it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? What is in a, a hygiene kit? So it's like seven or eight items that, that people need that are toiletries, almost mm-hmm. like the, the, the hotel setup that yeah, you would yeah, see, yeah. toothbrush, toothpaste, shampoo, conditioner, mm-hmm. it's sober body wash. So that you don't need a uh, bathroom to use it. So like instead of you know soap, there will be hand sanitizer. It will be water-free shampoo. So yeah, sometimes like we that. do that. Typically our kits um, aren't based on that. But you, you raise a really interesting point. You know, my my – perspective on this has been largely around the populations that we're serving and our need to evolve our sort of standardized distributions to include the fact that on some of these run locations, as much as 39% of the people we encounter are women. So we've always given out boxer shorts and considered that to be a generic thing. Boxer shorts are not generic. Those Mm -hmm. are for men typically, and women don't want them. Mm -hmm. Um, we haven't gone um, and distributed 
women's like feminine hygiene products mm-hmm. historically. Now we partner with an amazing group called the 28 Days Project. You're looking for a podcast uh, interviewee. These ladies um, are amazing, I'm and, I can, and I can connect you to them. Um, it's uh, it's something that that we're responsible for figuring out how we best serve that audience, and sort of that's the lens mm-hmm. through which we see this. What what do they really need from us? Um, and the biggest thing, you know, beyond sort of evolving based on what the data tells us and being being more data driven, is around what seems to be obvious to me that the fact that to do the best that we can for them, we're doing everything we can to make sure they're not out there the next week. Right. Right. And that really changes everything Mm -hmm. to say that the run in and of itself was the definition of success. I really see it as maybe a key performance indicator. You know, we're, we're headed in the right direction, but it's, it's, it's like, and I'm, and I'm sure we're far from from him, but it, it reminds me of of Jeffrey Canada. I heard him speak once. He's a founder of Harlem Children's Zone, and he said that the definition of success for them were kids graduated from college. Mm-hmm. So kids who graduate from high school, that's great. That's a key performance indicator. We're headed in the right direction, but that's not the definition of success. Right. For us, the definition of success has to be that one day nobody's waiting out there on a street corner for our yellow truck and the things that it carries. Right. Okay. Um, well, this is um, this is fantastic work. Uh, so, tell me, um, so how do people get involved? Um, I assume there needs to be many people who c- uh, need to make sandwiches and, uh, yeah. and others that need to do runs. You know, kind of give me an idea of like a week at, at Bridges Outreach. Like, you know, or is it a seven day operation? Which I probably assume it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, you have at your headquarters in Summit. Uh, is there like? place where people assemble like give give uh yeah give our listeners an idea of the operation <clears throat> it's it's such a, a funny eclectic mm-hmm. place uh we're in this facility at 120 morris avenue in summit mm-hmm. called the oaks center and it's a former church mm-hmm. and it's operated by a foundation and we are tenants and there are also three theater companies okay who work in that space yep. so as a former theater guy mm-hmm. you know who Not once former had, you, i mean i it's been a few years since well, i've done anything you were westfield I, community players right i did do some things there um in westfield Mac high school before that Beth? no last thing i did was private lives by noel coward he over there like he could be Macbeth, though. <laughs> the beard uh, the beard alas poor yeah. york yeah nobody's nobody's seen me with the beard uh, over those places well, we're gonna take a photo with you afterwards and oh, you're yeah? gonna be on our website oh and boy then we'll put underneath outstanding it, rich macbeth union. yeah you're macbeth union. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how that plays out if you keep going with that train of thought but uh hopefully i'm not a tragic character um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, when I came to I so don't know, a my funky second place. or third interview, yeah, I yeah. saw that there were three theater companies there. I'm like, this is almost written in the stars. Yeah. Um, and there's amazing artwork that, yeah. that changes Dreamcatcher, which is a professional mm-hmm. equity theater that's, that's housed there. They sort of coordinate. Laura, who runs that group, coordinates with different artists to have different mm-hmm. things. So there's this amazing artist who put a new installation in yesterday who has synesthesia, mm-hmm. so she sees sound. What? Yeah, and I heard about this, I think, watching House, you know, years ago. But she, but she sees, sees sound. sound. And I don't really know a lot about how she sees it. You know, you're, you're nodding your head. You probably know this better well, than I do. Josh is our official Google here. Is he? Outstanding. So um, it's mm-hmm. a phenomenon where um, – the uh, 
electrical signals for different senses get crossed in the brain. So people who have synesthesia will um, perceive, you know, the number three as having a particular color or a particular shape. Or like, you know, a musician with synesthesia will perceive a particular note as having a, uh, you know, a taste or having a, you know, sense producing a sensation, a warming sensation or a cooling sensation associated yeah. with an A minor or you know, it's a it's a well described phenomenon. It goes back to um, before Freud. Um, wow. Fascinating. We yeah. so much. Really is a Google. That's I, amazing. Used, we had on our, our the previous guest was an, an accountant, and okay. so they were having a wonderful conversation about the U.S. tax code. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Millennials, wow. I don't know. Wow. Millennials, they just Google it. I don't wow. know. Um, All right, but let's so, get back to the church. Okay? Yeah, so it's 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 a wonderful, amazing place, and uh, you know, always changing in, in how it's beautified, which mm-hmm. is nice and wonderful. Um, but then we only have three staff people there. We have a part-time office manager who is a total rock star. Yep. We have an operations manager who has an almost impossible job, and we have me who is. There far more than I should be and would like mm-hmm. to be yep. because I'm, you know, sort of. You're, you're cleaning out your coffee pot too. Kind of, you yeah. know, I am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and 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 mired in some administrative tasks that someday we'll we'll have the money to outsource yeah. and, uh, you know, and I can be out more. Um, is Bridges a ministry or is it secular? No, it's it's definitely rooted in faith, yeah. but it's it's, it's really not an over ministry. Like, it's really non denominational. Habitat for humanity, right. is ecumenical, but right. they have synagogues, yeah. mosques, churches, anybody. Exactly, who, okay. uh, exactly, and and yeah. we certainly do as well. Um, you know, so we have all kinds of people dropping in at all times, um, do- dropping off donations, um, you know, coming in right now, they're coming in to personalize invitations to our bash, going to be held on March 30th at Maritime Park in Jersey City. Hold on. We may need to... Uh, thank you. Bridges, 2019 Brown Bag Bash, Saturday, March 30th, 7 p.m. cocktail hour, 8 p.m. dinner and dancing. At a really cool place, Maritime Park. I haven't been there in a long time. I have never been there, and I'm really excited. It's the view. Obviously, the view is amazing, and you've already got some incredible sponsors: RWJ Barnabas, MCJ Amelia Foundation, Rosen Kelly Conway Architecture and Design, and Connie Frizo and Ed Sanini, who I guess are your big benefactors. Huh? Connie Frizo and Ed Sanini are just great, wonderful supporters of Bridges. I first met Connie. Uh, doing my work with the community food bank. She actually led some strategic planning. She's uh, an amazing counsel, and I've, I've had the opportunity to meet with her. She's on our advisory board, um, and they usually come and, and will support us, and they're not able to come that day. So they came on board as sponsors, nice. which is really awesome yeah. of them. Yeah. So and I keep harking back to the church here for a second. Um, so – do you have, is it almost like a, a food pantry in there, or how does that work? No, we store the lunches either there or off-site at a, a little storage facility that we have in Short Hills, not mm-hmm. far from our offices, if they're shelf-stable, that sustainable component. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're fresh, we try to make sure that they come in literally just before distribution. Right. So, And we always tell folks to separate the sandwiches from the brown bag components so that we can refrigerate the sandwiches. And ideally, they show up on a Wednesday to go out Wednesday night, that kind of thing. So so basically, so say if there's like a local church, what they may have a local project at the church where they brown, they assemble the 
the meals there and then they um, brown bag and then drop off the finished product to you. Exactly. It's not like they're do- assembling it not at your Not usually. Place. Now, we did that on MLK Day, mm-hmm. a big day of service throughout the town of Summit, and we were certainly a location. And it's something that's on my list to add more of because, you know, certainly the volunteer opportunities are the top of the funnel, and I want to bring people in. Um, I, I don't think that I'm – overstating it when I say that, you know, as we aim to eliminate homelessness, we need to create a movement. We need people to think differently. We need to change hearts and minds about the way they feel about people who are experiencing homelessness. Mm -hmm. So I want to bring as many groups as possible into the fold in assembling these lunches. Um, Families very often will ask me, how can I do something with my kids? And historically, those things are done at a school, mm-hmm. in your home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to see us establish some some volunteer opportunities at the Oak Center. There's a great space upstairs with a commercial kitchen even oh, where God, we can yeah. be assembling lunches like we did on MLK Day. So, That's yeah, I want to do more of that. But right now, it's not a big component. Right. And then also the other part where you need people to be out there delivering. And, and how yeah. and like how many people are involved in doing that? And Yeah, know. there are over 2,000 volunteers every year. Um, you know, it's usually around 2,500 or so. So we've got on every run, four runs a week, we've got – Run coordinators, one or two of them. So these are employees of Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're typically pretty part time and mm-hmm. just a great group of guys right now. Um, we'll sometimes have some core volunteers. So these are folks who go on a lot of runs, really know Bridges really well, and really have gotten to know some of that community, the people who are right. out there experiencing homelessness right. who right. we engage on these runs. And then we'll have volunteers. So. These other volunteers come from everywhere. You know, we've got a, a, a group of people from Goldman Sachs who meet us in the city on a Wednesday night, you know, maybe on average once a month. We've got schools like Kent Place and Oak Knoll and Del Barton, mm-hmm. Summit Public Schools. You know, they'll come in and sign up for runs. We use Sign Up Genius and mm-hmm. – you know, my understanding, what I'm told anyway, is that in April when that thing goes live, mm-hmm. it's like trying to get hot concert tickets right. where you're trying yeah. to get your dates on the calendar because yeah. then it's booked up for our entire fiscal year that starts June 1. That, yeah. is, that is tremendous. Yeah. So it's, and, it's a really amazing opportunity. I just feel that the more people who know about Bridges Outreach, yep. it's it's sky's the limit. I mean, you've Agreed. mentioned Irvington. I mean, I, I off the top of my head, there's 20 other cities in, in New Jersey that I know would absolutely benefit from it. You know? And we touched yeah. on this earlier. You'd be shocked. You would be shocked. I mean, I remember I went to Montclair Kimberly Academy oh, in Montclair. Sure. It's right next to Upper Montclair, which is a super shishi neighborhood, million-dollar homes. And right down, I mean, barely a 1,000 feet from there were, you know, Bloomfield Avenue and the homeless encampments or, or colonies that, that, that you yep. see in the area. It's such a densely populated state. Maybe it's, you know, sort of a, that's the reason for it, but you, you'd be shocked. Wealthy communities, it may be hidden, but it's just as much there for yeah. sure. Yeah, for I mean, sure. I spent so many years working for the food bank, talking about how hard it is for families to be able to afford to live in this state. You know, you'll often hear, you know, talk about, how many households are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, When people miss a paycheck or somebody's got a health crisis or you have a bad 
accident or something. Arrests. People can lose everything. Arrests. You know, there's so many reasons, and this is this is an interesting topic as well. There's so many reasons that people end up experiencing homelessness. You know, you'll often hear that the homeless are mentally ill and or addicted. Mm. Now, one of the interesting things for me in talking with our case managers and getting to know some of these folks is that the mental illness didn't always, doesn't always precede the homelessness. So imagine that. I mean, imagine what life would be like for you if tonight you have to figure out where you can safely sleep and that that continues night after night. Mm -hmm. You are basically cast aside from society. You have nobody left in the world on whose couch you can crash. You know, and for most of us, this is abstract. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's that's never going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a big part of bringing people to the streets to see people, to talk to people, to engage with people who are experiencing homelessness and to help them with those urgent needs immediately. But what I really want to do for people is to spread the stories about their lives mm-hmm. because people will be shocked at what life was like before homelessness and how that closely resembles things that they know, their own life, their family members, and how quickly things can just immediately change. There, but for the grace of God. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, and I, you know, being a dad and, and, and just thinking about my responsibility raising two boys and, mm-hmm. and, and how— incredibly right. important it is yes. in this day we live in to raise two good men. Yep. You know, I try to, I think it's Tony Robbins I'm ripping this off from, but I, I try to trade my expectation for appreciation, mm-hmm. you know, and I try to teach that to them. So be appreciative for what you have and for every day because yep. you never know. Mm-hmm. It's well, crazy. It, it is as, as somebody with two boys and yeah, a girl, right? kids, it's like, look, you know, they live in suburban New Jersey. They just think that life is just like this. You know, we had this, uh, my, my daughter was um, complaining about something with her public school last night. Uh, and I said to her, I go, do you know that you go, you attend a public school that is in the 99th percentile of, you know, actually not the 99th, the 1%, the best 1% in all education on the entire planet. She's like, no, that's ridiculous. There's Milburn. And, no, no, no. You're, <laughs> think bigger. Planet. Yeah, planet. She's like, well, I heard that uh, schools are great in Denmark. Um, okay, maybe the schools are great in Denmark. But think about that. The, the, my Google guy here would probably say, but the amount of third world population that has no school or, or right. whatever. And, and where and, girls are not entitled to school. Exactly. How about that? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like trying to get – the typical New Jersey child who's right now probably home playing Fortnite, you know. You know it. <laughs> right, right. Snow day. Right. Yeah, snow day. It's a snow day. But, you know, trying to get them to realize. And that's why as you're talking to me, I'm like, all I want to do right now is get my kids in that yellow truck and bring them to Irvington. And that how every other kid in the suburbs needs this unbelievable dose of reality that you cannot learn in a school assembly. You're right. And my opinion is they're not. They're not learning it. And I think that that um, – I think they should. Um, I agree with you. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean we need, we need to have good humans, mm. you know. And as we, as we think about people who are experiencing something that we don't have, 
Why are we blaming them for it? Well, it's also like we are, let's get even deeper here. We're, we don't even have scotches in front of us right now. But uh, the thing is, is that we, to a degree, are screwing up the next generation by yeah. saying here and here, oh, you, you, here's a birthday party that's something that's beyond yeah. the McDonald's parties that you and I had. I think that's a different conversation. Yeah, it's a very different conversation. Yeah. But, but it's, but it's, it's relevant because know. we're talking about the entitlement. Right. You know, it's I, I had this conversation about, you know, holiday wish lists and it gets to a point where it's like, what do you want for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever? So well, let's take Christmas. You're going to ask for this from Santa. That means you're getting it. And right. yet I guys, expect it. I'm entitled. And yet, guys, by a bunch of different measures, the millennial generation is the most charitable generation in more than 100 years. And you know what? It's interesting so. how some of that is playing out. I've heard from houses of worship whose bottom lines are really being hit by this because they want to give to the charities that they care about. They don't tithe to the church, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. So the church doesn't have as much of a yeah. pool to be able to provide support. Mm-hmm. Trends are changing. There's no yeah. question. But to say millennials are entitled, I'm so over this. I, you know agree, I, mean? I, I, I agree with that. I think that they're giving, giving an unfair shake. But, totally. But I guess my point, though, with, with Bridges Outreach is I think that it helps two different populations. It helps the recipients, obviously, but I also think it helps the givers. I certainly and hope that that's true. I, I, I think that the more people that know that Bridges Outreach exists— um, that it's better for everybody because you can expand your network. You can all, on both sides of, of givers um, and receivers. Yeah. And I, I want to talk a little bit about how you're funded. Yeah. Because I assume this ain't free. No. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I want to get an idea of, of how you're funded and like any other nonprofit, you know, what your challenges are. And for our listeners, you know, what is your wish list and how can they help you? Sure. I appreciate that uh, critical segue. Um, you know, like any other nonprofit, typically we start the year at zero knowing how much it's going to cost us to do this work, mm-hmm. but but needing to raise those funds. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a mix of grants, special events, and individual supporters. Mm-hmm. That's really our makeup. Do you We're, have no government funding? At the moment, the government funding that we get is essentially passed through. And what I mean by that is we get emergency solutions grants, for example, from Newark and from Essex County. Mm -hmm. Those enable us to prevent imminent homelessness. So what happens is, and this is obviously an important part of making sure that people aren't out there on the street corner someday, is not adding to the numbers of people who are experiencing homelessness. If you're say three months behind on your rent and eviction proceedings are imminent and we can verify all of that and you will be able to maintain if we provide that that arrears payment Mm -hmm. as it were Mm -hmm. then you would potentially qualify and our case managers are obviously much better versed in this than i but you would potentially qualify for an esg supported payment so uh rental arrears utility arrears things like that that's the government support that we get right now. Um, you know, I'm I'm certainly focused on, you know, making the bash a, as successful as it can be. And that's, you know, partly financially, partly in the, the engagement fir- opportunity. First year? No. So the bash is held every other year. It, it long predates me. Um, it's the idea that, that folks get sort of um, – you know, exhausted by all of the invitations that they're constantly being invited to, to go to these events and to spend money, and it's year after year. Um, so the folks at Bridges have always felt that it was better 
uh, to do it every other year. So then on the off year, we either leverage some of the excess revenue from that event mm-hmm. uh, into our budget or we have other different events. It's, there's so many things that I want to do. Um, just as a quick uh, aside as it's related to this, we've our, our operations manager, we hired a guy who came very highly recommended to me by, uh, by a guy named Brad Finkel. Brad Finkel is the founder of Hoboken Farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, really amazing, fascinating guy. Mm-hmm. He operates all these farmers market locations. Mm-hmm. He's got these jarred sauces that you can find in supermarkets. Yep, yep. You know them. So Brad, so Brad recommended this guy Frank D'Amico. Frank D'Amico not only worked for him for a long, long time and ran the sandwich shop in Summit, so kind of can handle operations and supply chain logistics in his sleep. But he also has a history working for the Moth, the storytelling organization, and coaching people on their storytelling, working with people who were experiencing homelessness, dealing with addiction, things like that. Combination of skills and experiences. I mean, when I heard that, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta talk to this guy. So, you like to hire first for passion. You know, in this line of work, because it's it's gonna be hard. It's not gonna pay zillions of dollars, um, and this guy can add so much to this. So my point being, you know, one of the things I'd like to see us doing, if not in 2019, then certainly in 2020, um, are storytelling kind of events where where you're actually gonna have maybe three people stand up in front of you and tell a three to five minute story that will move you to your very soul Mm -hmm. and and it's going to be it's going to be really exciting in the way we can get these stories out there and it really all comes back to you know the relevance of how people end up experiencing homelessness wow yeah so between the event um and the grants lots of grants and we're really you know thankful for our our corporate and foundation partners um it's you know over 40 percent funded right now by different grants that are written and of course every grant has you know requirements b- mm-hmm. both in terms of the outcomes that you're aiming for and the and the metrics but also the reporting thereof so it's it's not a simple uh process and and the individual fundraising mm-hmm. so we send an annual appeal generally at the end of the year um you know it's something that we really need to evolve with and do a better job with the, the more I'm listening to you. The more I'm like jotting down like ideas of different clients and entities that we have that I'd like to connect with you. And I don't want to say it on here because yeah, then, yeah. but um, when we're done with this and hopefully there's a beer after at some place, but at, we could, at um, some point, definitely, <laughs> but um, we could, um, uh, we can go through it because I, it just seems to me that your organization, you have such a phenomenal story. It's just a matter of just people just making the connections, you making the connections, like coming on our podcast, but others, you know, spreading the gospel yeah. um, as, as well. And I think that many should, because, I mean, to me, this is a statewide organization because of the yeah. sta- it has a statewide need. And, yep. it's, it's, and it's a very – it's what I like about it is that you, it's very unique and simple. Yeah. And, and simple is have a sandwich. Simple is good. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that we forgot to ask you or anything else uh, – I wouldn't say that there's anything else you forgot to ask me. I just, um, you know, what I what I really want to, I guess, underscore is that we really are looking for long-term solutions now. Mm-hmm. We're looking to connect people to primary medical care who otherwise are leveraging uh, stops at emergency departments in hospitals. Uh, we're looking to 
really holistically provide for their needs and and also add to the uh, housing stock. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of really exciting things in our future and, and not the very distant future either. Um, there's a great report out of the city of Chicago that shows, given the starting point, shelter, um, temporary housing or permanent supportive housing and the different inputs, the data basically looked like a hockey stick. Mm-hmm. If you start with permanent supportive housing, the successes are mm-hmm. through the roof, better than 90%. Yeah. So we know housing first is a model that works. Mm-hmm. And for an organization whose vision is that one day they don't need us to do this work anymore, that's a clear direction in which we need to work. Um, so it's a really it's a really exciting time. Yeah. And, and certainly it's, it's built on an incredible foundation mm-hmm. of over 30 years of, of trust and confidence and brand awareness. But, but to your point, you know, my, my biggest goal right now is to expand that awareness and to bring more and more people into this work uh, so that we can really change hearts and minds and end homelessness. And we're, we're going to start with Newark. All right. Um, how can people get in touch with you, Rich? Our website is bridgesoutreach.org. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my phone number is, uh, is in my email. So mm-hmm. I give it out freely. It's mm-hmm. 908-868-8886. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you want to get involved in any way, I would welcome a conversation, whether it's an individual, a family, a corporation, what have you. Um, but definitely check out our website. Definitely check out the, uh, the events that we've got going on. We do have the bash at the end of March, mm-hmm. which is only every other year. So mm-hmm. it's, Super important that that be a successful night. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. And we're going to have our second annual 5K. Uh, you can look for that probably in September as it was last year. We're mm-hmm. looking to set the date now. But, you know, that first effort last year proved to be really successful and a great mm-hmm. community engagement opportunity. Is that in Summit? That's going to be held in Summit again, Summit. starting and ending at the uh, Village Green. I'm excited, but there's a lot of hills in Summit. I know. It's a, little, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little tough, but it's only a 5K. Yeah, I know you can handle it. Uh, I'll try. <laughs> um, well, listen, well, thank you. Uh, to thank you. Rich Uniac, uh, a great friend and who's doing wonderful work um, as executive director of Bridges Bridges Outreach. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. The Jaffe Podcast is a production of Jaffe Communications, which is solely responsible for its content. Episodes may not be reproduced or rebroadcast without permission. Our executive producer is Jonathan Jaffe. Our editor and production manager is Josh Frank. And our theme song was composed by David Siste. For more episodes, visit jaffecom.com or find us on Facebook at Jaffe Communications. Thanks for listening. Join us next week.